Hi, I'm P, and this is my podcast. to try to do the introduction thing that okay podcasts what's <laughs> your last name smith smith okay cool yeah so, perfect welcome to chico's with p alejandra smith i am so excited to talk to you i've followed you for a while and when i found your content i was like like the fact that you exist was such a manifestation for me because I'm like, you just exist. And that's exactly <laughs> what I want. And like, I just want to exist. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> and like, it's, I feel like sometimes it's like a hard thing to put in words because everyone has like reasons for what they're doing. And there's a lot of like math and logic and things like that. And like a part of me, like, I just, I'm like, no, no, no I just want to exist. And so you exude that. And I'm so excited to talk to you because I like, it's just your energy and your life and your imagery and your poetry is all delicious. And oh my so- God, thank you. <laughs> I'm so flattered. What an introduction. Um, I feel you with the, I, I just want to exist thing and listening to your podcast, I had the same feeling. So it's mutual. <laughs> Can you talk to me about the name Poetry Scam? Because I've always wanted to understand deeper. Yeah. Like what I'm curious about what do you understand? Like okay. what do you get from that title? So my I okay, so to me everything is an illusion. It's all like fake it's all like we just decide that things are supposed to be and so they are and I feel like your book was like here are my words I'm a poet because I I say I'm a poet is that why is everyone thinks I'm a poet and now everyone just believes I'm a poet am I scamming you like that's the energy that I receive from that and I love that yeah I mean yeah it's about that um to me everything is meaningless and I feel like everything is a big scam and everything is poetry at the same time so there's actually a spread in the book that says it's all poetry it's all poetry it's all poetry and then it says it's all a scam it's all a scam so it's all a scam so I know that's how I feel about life I feel like it's everything can be a poem and everything is actually a scam because we're all pretending we're all making up these narratives and these stories about who we are and what we're doing and where we're going what do we want who are we blah 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 um yeah everything is a scam so i i just i i don't know i wanted to have fun and i thought it was a fun title also because it's like um almost like a poetry slam like when you go to Poetry Slam and it's, I don't know, I thought it was a nice title. It's an amazing <laughs> title. It's an amazing title. 
and I didn't want to be presumptive in like my assuming what the title is, but I'm like, if, if we are seeing the world in the way that I think we're both seeing the world, then I think that it's the recognition that everything is a scam. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got exactly what I wanted to Beautiful. to say with that title. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you like put that work out because I feel like so many people are hiding the fact that like, this is all an illusion and we're all performing all the time. And we're all like, like pretending to be what we are and like, I'm an adult. And so this is what I do because I'm an adult. And, yeah. just, and everything is serious and yeah. I'm just going to work. And oh, uh, what are we having for dinner? Yeah, um, it's really funny to watch people uh, believe the game. I, I also think in terms of life as a game, uh, as a video game. And then if you are totally immersed in the game and you're not seeing yourself you get lost in it but the moment you come out and you see yourself as this character in this video game and you can actually do whatever you want to do that's i mean your perspective on reality changes completely and that's what happened to me like five or six years ago i thought i knew what life was about um but then I took um I <laughs> took LSD one day and I was like oh no you have no idea <laughs> um get ready to have like this huge shift on how you understand reality yeah and then I started like reading and doing some you know self uh discovery I'm still in it and I think I will die in, in this journey and this path of trying to discover how life works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny because I feel like watching the game from like the perspective that, you know, that you're basically playing the Sims is yeah. really like, I have to try not to laugh. I remember I used to work retail, like while I was having this discovery and I remember I used to work for Apple and mm -hmm. I had a customer get really, really upset about something very trivial with their phone. And like a part of like my soul was like, this doesn't matter. And like, I like laughed and I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't help it. And the customer got so angry. Like he was going to like punch me. Like he literally got angry enough to hit me. Cause he was like, why are you laughing at my problem? And I'm like, because it's not a real problem. And I'm like, and so I had to be kind of careful because it's really easy to like dissolve people's problems immediately. And even yeah. my own, it's like hard for me to hold them as issues. I like laugh at myself all the time where I'm like, do you forget where you are? Like, <laughs> and you're just going to die and then come back and like, you're, you're fine. Like, yeah, completely. I, it, I mean, even if I'm, um, if I'm aware of like life is a game and I'm a character and I can do this and do that, uh, every day I forget about the game and at some part like some part of the day i'm believing the game and i totally forget about it and then that's what what you're explaining that i find myself worrying about this trivial and tiny thing and then i realize oh ale remember you're an eternal being what you you're on a huge planet spinning around the sun what the fuck like and then I'm like okay you're fine you're gonna be okay you're gonna die it's fine 
it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't like the absurdity of it all. I feel like we, I feel like it's almost like life sets it up. So it's like, we can't recognize absurdity. It's going to distract us so much so that we don't realize how ridiculous and how like hilarious this is. Yeah. But then yeah. you look, you're like, oh, this is, this is so funny. <laughs> funny. It is funny. We're funny. Human beings. We are so funny. We're so hilarious. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into some questions. Um, <laughs> I liked this one. It's, they asked, what is each of our earliest memories? I like mm. that. I thought about this one. Um, I would love to have a specific answer, but I actually have like many tiny memories from when I was three or four years old. I don't have one that I can say this is my first memory. It's all about, I don't know, me swimming or me playing with toys or my mom. But I wish I could have, I don't know, if because of childhood trauma, but I, I don't have like one specific first memory what about you I have I only have one that I can remember I assume it's my earliest memory but it was when I was in Miami and I remember walking backwards into an iron that my mom had stand up and I guess because it was like a traumatic pain that's like why I remembered but I like I oh. backwards into an iron that was turned on and my calf got burned and I had like a scar for it got like super weird like because that's what happens when you get burned and it left a scar for years and years and years and years but that reminded me to not walk backwards wow do you still have that scar not anymore it was actually around up until like my 20s, like my early 20s. And then it just started going away. Um, mm -hmm. Weird because it, like, why would the scar suddenly go away? But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I used to like notice it because it was in the shape of like a fish kind of. And I looked for it the other day and I'm like, it's gone. Like that's not supposed <laughs> to happen, right? Is that not how scars work? Yeah, that's it, no, they're supposed to stay there forever. Yeah, but well, <laughs> that's my <early> memory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah let's see the next one that i liked how to tackle nihilism and existential crisis um okay well first uh, to me i think it's all about enjoying the process not trying to understand the process just enjoying it mm -hmm. uh because sometimes i do feel like What's the point in everything? Like, why am I even working? Why am I living if I'm going to die? All this stuff. But then I get that the point of existing is just existing. You don't have to understand anything. You're here to evolve, if you want to put it that way, or play or interact with other human beings or animals and just have experiences. I think it's that's the whole point of existing. And but yeah, we we want to understand everything, but we won't because we're not designed to understand what we're doing here right now. I think we do understand the moment we die. I think mm -hmm. it's like we wake up from this dream that we thought was real, mm -hmm. and then we understand. I hope so. Don't I don't remember. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I want to. What do you think? That'd be cool to figure that. I felt what I think death felt feels like one time, and that was cool. That was like fun. I started like dissolving, and I was like, oh, it's just feeling of like, oh, 
<laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than that. Oh, wow. I don't know. But how did that happen? I think I smoked weed that wasn't weed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like... It like fucked with me. It either was weed or I don't know what happened to my body, but I had, I have like weird symptoms in my body of like a possible illness that could maybe one day, like, I don't know, my body like just decides that like, maybe I could die. It's weird. I don't know if I'm a hypochondriac or if my body's actually doing things, but whatever. But the weed that I smoked, like elevated all of the symptoms and like, I stopped breathing and I'm like, oh, we're dying right now. Like first I was really scared. Cause I was like, you're going to stop breathing and you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. And I'm like, okay, we're dying. And I was like, oh, and then it felt like butterflies were kind of eating my skin, but it didn't hurt. It just felt like they were like, and like dissolving. Uh-huh. And then it felt like everything was dissolving. And I was like, oh, oh. And it's, yeah, that's just the, oh, feeling is the only way I can summarize that sensation. I Uh, think I get it. I think I get it. Yeah. And it was, it was, now I'm kind of excited about death, but I also like want to live in this body for a long time and have fun while I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah. Like fun, but also like dying sounds fun or exciting, but yes. So nihilism and extent existential crisis. I feel like a little nihilism is very healthy. I think that we make ourselves really important without nihilism and like humans, we, we create art from everything and art mm-hmm. creation is like finding meaning in things. That's like what we do. Like this, if I use this color, that means this, or if I use this texture, that means this to me. And so we assign meanings to things. And I feel like nihilism helps you to recognize that people's meanings aren't true for everybody. And so like, if you can decide that there is no meaning and you just decide your meaning, then I feel like nihilism is a great like launching point for art mm-hmm. in your in your life because you're like oh there's a blank slate nothing matters yeah it's a blank slate totally yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so I, I think agree. making nihilism not a problem is helpful um, and existential crisis is very exciting because a lot of people don't have existential crises which I think is so wild like you're on this planet mm-hmm. and you're spinning around the sun <laughs> in orbit in we're very small and you haven't had an existential crisis. Like you're not shook and confused by this like absurdity. And so I'm excited when people have existential crises. You're realizing that this is insane and the best game that we could ever jump into in my opinion. Yeah. Sims. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, the first time I started, um, experimenting with psychedelics, I, every time I went out to the streets and walked, I was like, I don't get why everyone is acting so normal. I don't get why no one is screaming like, what What are we doing? Where are we? And then I, I felt like I could understand all these crazy people we see on the streets, like mumbling and talking to themselves or even screaming. I'm like, I get it. I get what what's happening. Yeah. Why everyone's acting so normal. Yeah. But now, yeah. But now I get it. It's a game and people believe the game. So I get why that doesn't happen so often. Yeah. yeah. And I, the, the distractions, I think, are what keep us from screaming. I love what you're saying about the distractions. 
I've never thought about them like as a tool to keep us, I don't want to say distracted, but yeah, entertained or yeah, or yeah, just entertained. Yeah. It keeps us in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's why we like forget and then we have to remember and then we forget and then we remember. Cause I feel like yeah. if it was too long, we would get really bored. And it actually, I woke up either yesterday or the day before that in this immense boredom because I was like, I can just do whatever. And like, I just got kind of like sick of that. I don't know how else to describe it other than like, I could just do whatever, nothing matters. And I could just <laughs> do stuff. <laughs> and then, then I had to like forget my power a little bit because like, it's almost like knowing too much is really boring. I remember a shroom trip that I had and I heard the sound of like pure boredom, like the boredom of like a God, like an ultimate God who knows that they can do whatever they want. I like heard the resonance of that boredom and I'm like, oh, that's the most horrible sensation I've ever experienced. And so I understand why we did this to ourselves, because mm. like that infinite power to do whatever and have nothing to like hold you accountable or like nothing to restrain you or no mm-hmm. challenge to overcome. And like, there's no way that you can beat the boredom except to forget that you're God. And so I love that. Yeah. I'm, I like that we forgot. Very helpful. Yeah. Another question is unrequited love. How to survive. Oh, um, do you have an answer? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about mine. I'm, said how to survive with unrequited love listening to music and pouring that sensation of unrequited love into the music and understanding that like the unrequited love it's just a sensation it doesn't mean anything about you I feel like that's the thing that causes pain more than the actual unrequited love is that we think that because we're not getting the love back from this particular individual that it means something about us rather than it just being a sensation of like I'm giving love and I'm not getting it back in the way that I expect. Because I feel like, because the relationship that I was, not relationship, the whatever I was in before the relationship that I'm in now, it was an unrequited love situation. And when you mm-hmm. distill it down to a sensation rather than like this person, I'm not worthy of this person. When you just feel the feeling of like loving and not getting it back, it's actually quite beautiful, this mm-hmm. sensation. And like, it's this, this feeling of like desire and yearning and it's like this like endless hunger kind of feeling and I feel like if you can stop making it mean that you're bad or that you deserve to not have love back for some reason then you can reduce it to a sensation and then you can just feel that sensation for however long you feel like feeling it and then the sensation will leave at least that's how it works for me I love that yeah if you're feeling love you're feeling love it doesn't matter if the other person is uh, feeling love for you you're just feeling the love that's beautiful um what I would say about unrequited love is um there's this motto um from A Course in Miracles A Course in Miracles do you know that book yes. of course you do <laughs> um <laughs> and it's what is true cannot be threatened mm. so I'm constantly thinking about that because if it, if something's not true, why would you want it, want it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if it's not happening to you, then it's 
it's not happening. What is true cannot be threatened. And that, that takes all the fear off. I know it's hard to feel it when you're going through that horrible feeling of abandonment or just feeling like shit or you don't you're not deserving of love but it it has helped me when I'm when I've gone through those situations yeah. also with with stuff work stuff or friendships that is not working out that can apply to those situations as well yeah and you feel like something's not working the way you want too yeah it's just like you expect something to work this way and then yeah. it doesn't and then that's like <gasps> what does that mean and it's like oh it's just it's gonna do something like there's something else that can happen but I really like what you said about like truth withstanding basically mm. and I, someone sent me a video this morning actually where this woman she said is it better to lie and have someone believe the lie or is it better to tell the truth and have someone think that you're lying and I was like huh like I oh wow <laughs> yeah I'm like hmm that's so interesting because wow. it makes me like it makes me feel like so if you lie the person thinks you're telling the truth but if you tell the truth the person thinks that you're lying yeah they said like what's better what's better to, yeah. to lie and have someone believe you or to tell the truth and have someone believe that you're lying and i think to tell the truth i would go with the truth yeah and it made me think because like the the reason why i like am trying to be as honest as I can is because I feel like the more honest I can be, the more that it's easy, like it's just easy for me to be present. However, I like, I understand that people can perceive what I'm saying as a lie. And sometimes like that, like even when I'm talking, it will like fuck with my words. It's a really, it's a very strange sensation. I can like feel people being like, that's not true like the way that you're acting is true. putting on a like da, 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 and I'm like Ooh, and I'd like try to like contort my words while I'm talking to mm -hmm. people believe me and I'm realizing that like oh I need to stop trying to be believable like mm -hmm. it's okay if people think I'm a liar or if I'm like not telling the truth and I feel like that's the same way that I feel about like giving out love. It's okay if people don't believe me when I like say that I love them. That's totally fine. I'm just going to continue to like pour that out. So like even in the yeah. other love situation, keep like pouring it out, even if it's not received, even if people like reject it. Now don't, I don't mean to like pursue someone and like be aggressive <laughs> and scary and stuff, but like pour the love out, even if they don't take it or they feel like it's not yeah. or something like that, because at least you're being honest about your sensations. And I feel like a lot of unrequited love pain, sometimes people will like try to cut their love off for that person. And they're like, it hurts to love you. So I'm going to try to stop loving you. And it's like, I don't think that loving them is what's causing the pain. But yeah. And I think that a lot of people will lie so that they are perceived as telling the truth um, sometimes. And I feel like with people that I've been in situationships with where it was unrequited, I'm like, I feel like you liked me more than you wanted to admit. 
admit. Uh, yeah. You lied so that you it would not feel like, and not that I'm saying that, I'm like, I'm realizing that I was probably reflecting the fact that I couldn't receive love to them, which is probably what they mm-hmm. Now that I'm talking, but yeah, unrequited love, super fantastic, super fertile ground, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's, that's so interesting. Yesterday I was thinking about this. Um, the first time I saw my boyfriend, we were talking one day, like a few before being uh, together as a couple, we were best friends. And one day we were talking, oh, do you remember how we met? And I was like, no, I don't remember actually, but I did remember and I couldn't, I couldn't admit it. It was ridiculous. I don't know why. And yesterday I was writing about this and while writing, I, I said to myself, okay, Ale, tomorrow you're going to tell him that you do remember the first moment you saw him and you're just going to be like, Hey, I was scared <laughs> for some reason to tell you, I do remember um uh, so yeah I have to tell him today that I I remember (laughs) it's it's ridiculous because it's like putting on a mask uh that I I don't know it's so interesting I work a lot with my therapist about this mask and not letting people see what you're really feeling but why are we doing this Mm -hmm. that we're not perfect or the thing that when we try to pretend that we don't care Mm-hmm. I've been there so many times. I'm I'm working on 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 that specific matter, but it makes no sense. Why do we want to make the other person believe that we don't care about them? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. How did that crazy thought start it, you know? Yeah. I think it, I was thinking about this with like attention cuz like I'm on Instagram because I want to be seen. I want people to see me. I want attention. Like that I do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like saying that, I used to like not be able to say that because I'm like, oh, I don't want attention. Like I'm like, I'm an artist and I'm just putting my art up here. I and mean, I feel like it, that like kind of that a dishonesty or not saying that we care about things. I feel like, I feel like we do that because that means that we like need something need is too strong of a word that we want something and I think some of us are like scared to want things from other people like especially partners we're like I have certain wants that I would like to be met and sometimes we get scared because we're like am I asking for too much do I deserve to ask for this do I deserve (laughs) attention but then I think about my puppy who screams if I don't give her enough attention and I love giving her attention I'm like sure I'll give you attention. I try not to do it when she like screams because I'm not trying to encourage that behavior. But I'm yeah. like, of course I'll give you the love that you want. Like, yeah, you're screaming and yelling for it. Like, why would I not give you that? And that's actually helped me be okay with like wanting attention because I'm like, oh, I'm just like the puppy. I love that. I love what you're saying about the puppy. Yeah, they don't have the sense that they need to put a mask on or yeah, to pretend like they don't care or they don't want our attention. It's the same with my dog. She's always asking for attention and she has no problem uh, showing it and making it clear that she wants our attention. Yeah. I love that um, metaphor. Yeah. And I feel like kids are like that too. And at some point, like maybe with parents or someone else, they're like, shh, like we learn to. Yeah. 
you don't need you you can't want stuff wanting stuff is bad you it's bad for you to want and then we want something from someone else like a partner or a friend it's problematic and yeah yeah it makes sense back to parents (laughs) and all that jazz okay let's see is it okay to not have any desires or goals in life how do you find them Is it okay? Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> it is okay. Uh, however, you want to go through this journey. Um, but if you want to have goals in life, which I guess is the second part of the question, I think you just have to follow the path of least resistance and follow your excitement and the little things that bring you joy. I would say. They don't have to be actual goals. Maybe you just have to fall in love with different activities or processes to enjoying the things you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you you don't have to have a goal like, oh, I want to, I don't know, make a movie or publish a book or whatever. Just have little tiny things you enjoy doing and maybe that will lead later to a goal yeah I like that that's I think that's honestly like how it works and I don't I don't really have goals per se I sometimes will like write down because people keep asking me what goals are and I'm like Mm -hmm. I don't know because people ask and so I'll give them one but really like I have a I have a business coach now and she she was like how much money do you want to make a month and I was like I don't know like (laughs) and she's like can you give me a number and I'm like okay that number and then she's just like okay and I'm like that's cool (laughs) I realized that like desire can also come from what are you experiencing that you are not having a great time with because like yesterday or the day before when I woke up in that extreme boredom I was like oh I'm so bored I'm so bored and then I had to pause and I'd be like well what do you want and I'm like oh if I'm bored then I want to have fun that was my desire for the day because I felt the opposite emotion with such strength that it led me to have a desire to not feel that thing Mm. so I literally, like, after I realized how bored I was, I let reality know, like, reality needs to be entertained, please. Thank you. And then a friend hit me up, like, an hour later because it was her birthday and I forgot. But she was like, we're going to go to lunch. And I'm like, oh, now I'm not bored. Great. (laughs) So, like, even just being honest about what you're not liking and then desire the opposite. That can give you desires, I think. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Knowing what you don't want. Yeah. That Yeah, that'll take you places. Also, what you're saying about boredom, I need to work on that because I cannot stand boredom. It's like the worst thing ever. And I need to learn how to bear being in that space. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend is like, every single time I'm bored, he's like, you need to calm down. You need to chill. And I'm like, but how do you do that? How can you stand being bored? It's, I don't, I, I don't understand it. Maybe, I, I don't know why. Yeah. I think so. Do you know how to be bored? No, I think some people are more built for boredom than others. To me, it feels like the worst thing. Like it's worst. When I like that shroom trip where I heard the resonance of boredom, I'm like, oh, like my source being that it's its worst emotion is boredom. And so like 
me, I feel like a lighter version of boredom and I don't enjoy that sensation Mm -hmm. and I'll sit in it for a while, but it's long enough for me to like, tell myself, like, there's something that you want. And I'm like, Oh, I need to be having fun. And and, like, I don't try to make myself have fun, but like, I let reality know, like, we're supposed to be having fun. And then reality is like, Oh, okay. Like, (laughs) like find something a little bit fun. And then we'll get like momentum will build and then we'll have more fun but it's all, like my partner laughs at me because he's like I've never met someone who like can't handle boredom like you can he's like it's very strange that like you're like this <laughs> I'm the same I cannot I'm an only child and I know how to entertain myself but I don't know when I'm bored it's, it's dreadful it's the worst thing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's kind of confusing because there's so many things to do so I'm like why would I ever be bored but then I like there's certain like I just don't feel like doing certain things too yeah and, but yeah cool so let's see what's another one do you believe there's something greater that's controlling parts of our realities or is it just us that's an interesting question mm-hmm. and I don't have an answer um I uh, I think maybe it's us from a different dimension but I don't think like someone controlling like as God or I don't know like a bigger force or being I think maybe it's just us from another dimension and yeah I don't know maybe maybe (laughs) maybe I don't know if we get to know but it's interesting like watching the creation of AI exist is really interesting Uh, it's to me that it's so scary every time i think of ai i get the creeps Uh, (laughs) it gives me the creeps yeah yeah yeah. it's terrible i don't know how to handle that information and i think that sometimes like that reaction to ai is because that might be where we came from because like maybe maybe yeah like on a circle and so i'm like Mm. what if we're just ai and like seeing us create ourselves, I think that's like freaking us out. That's a possibility that I'm thinking is happening because totally. like, we so want to understand our nature that we're technologies. Just, we want to build our own na- natural technology. Mm-hmm. And that's how we build computers because we want to make like a brain or yeah. um, that's so scary. I don't know. This whole, like also the gaming thing and virtual reality that it's so scary to me i i don't know if you've seen or um this movie called the congress Mm-mm. uh it's so scary it, it's about that, exactly that or just ready player one it's like oh, you know that yeah, the same, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that it, that kind of uh futuristic virtual reality world it it it, it scares me yeah. yeah but i need to come I know to peace with this idea because it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, and I <laughs> it's mean, happening already. Very true, and I feel like I, I get why it's scary. There's this concept in video games that's called the uncanny valley that I heard about. I used to be really really into video games way back in the day, but there's oh, wow. thing called the uncanny valley where like when we get too close to things being realistic in games, it like disturbs humans. Like there, there's like like ugh, we kind of we kind of get like kind of disgusted a little bit because mm. we're like that's not a human but it looks like a human and like mm-hmm. like we get like the heebie-jeebies about these like virtual beings that look like humans and it's the uncanny valley so in even movie design and like video game design they make characters kind of 
off a little bit so that people don't get disturbed by watching wow people yeah so they're like they'll mess with proportions a little bit so that people aren't like when they like look at video games and that's crazy yeah my mind is being blown right now (laughs) yeah just google uncanny valley Um, uncanny valley i will yeah and it's like just to make us feel better about things like even like in the sims they had to like the way that they designed like sims 4 if you look at the difference between sims 4 and sims 3 you can see like how more cartoony the sims are in sims 4 because in the sims 3 people were kind of like this is a little too close for comfort wow what's happening and you can tell like how exaggerated their features get in sims 4 and like how saturated the game is also and it's Mm -hmm. really interesting to watch that play out in games but i'd say like people it's starting to get it's really interesting though because i was watching my partner play play this game called red dead redemption and the scenery in that game looks so real and i was like did we did we like decide that uncanny valley is not a thing anymore have we just suddenly like moved past that <laughs> because i'm like there the sun is setting the sun is rising in this game like the leaves are moving i'm like this is we just skipped over something because i remember when we did not want this to happen in video games and yeah we're like it's fine and i'm like hmm, interesting but yeah Do you play video games still more actually i used to play them way more a lot like a lot of games a lot of what are called mmorpgs i used to play like these like fighting games online with other people <laughs> i was very obsessed i'd play like 11 hours a day wow i, I might have like gamed myself out now i like have no desire to play games but i'll watch my partner play games and that's really interesting mm-hmm. to me but i think my brain is too melted to like try to do that <laughs> <laughs> I think realizing that I'm in a game is like, that's enough. I'm already. Playing. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, I'm, my hands are busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess when it comes to like a greater thing, I feel like it could be, I mean, it's probably us in the future, but I also think that it's, we have these like mini worlds that like we create our world and then we are in a collective world that's like kind of affected by the other people and we can choose to like opt in to certain belief systems. So like, that's why I like things like human design and astrology. Cause we can like opt into these like little systems and kind of adopt them into our video game and like play with that world or play with those rules. But yeah, I like to focus on my world or my reality the most. Mm-hmm. Like when I get too involved with like everyone else's reality it like it's too much for me to it's way too much i'm lately also in therapy (laughs) i'm working on my mental paradise and my mental health hell because uh it all i mean what we call reality it all boils down to what's going on in your mind Mm -hmm. and sometimes nothing's happening and I feel like I'm living in this horror movie and nothing changes and I just feel like everything is perfect and I feel optimistic and yeah everything is great but then this horror movie so I'm working a lot with my therapist to try and build these little shortcuts to get back to everything's okay and reality is just what you tell yourself about what you're experimenting um so 
I know what I was saying about <laughs> sorry You're now focusing on that in uh, oh yeah and also I'm revisiting I'm rereading the four agreements mm, that's a good one and oh my god it's uh, is it first it's the fourth time I'm reading that book and it's so good it's so good it's so easy but yet so complicated to apply <laughs> those four agreements um, but if you do that every day, just a tiny portion of your day, everything is hundred percent different. Your reality completely changes. So yeah. I think that's such a powerful book. I love it. Yeah. I love that. I love like the, the simple truths that like, because they're so simple, they can be applied to our complexity and like, yeah. apply in such a broad way. So I, that's a really good one. Let's see. We'll ask one more and then. We will wrap up. Da, 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 da. How do you obtain financial stability in a way that is in a smart but unstressful way? Hmm. In a smart but unstressful way. Um, this is a big one, but I think you have to trust. I think trust has a lot to do with unstressful financial freedom. Also action, you have to take action and you have to be coherent uh, with what you want and what you're doing. But also trusting, trusting that you can jump and there's a net that will catch you. I know it sounds um, a bit too broad, mm -hmm. but I've experienced it so many times that I don't have any clue how I'm going to pay for my life for the next months. And then I just keep calm and I trust. And then this opportunity comes in and this job or whatever, mm -hmm. and, or something that I'm commissioned to do, but yeah, that's what I would say. Also, uh, visualizing, I know this is a cliche, but visualizing what you're having, feeling the abundance, all this, love attraction thing oh, it does work people say they're real <laughs> they're real they work they actually work uh but yeah being consistent with trust yeah being consistent with the the trust how you trust the universe and how you feel you're protected and your path is secured by a greater force that you cannot see because it has brought you here so you can trust it will keep securing your journey. I know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I think that does make sense. I feel like the absurdity of our reality is something that like exists to make us question the idea of stability in the first place. And I feel like once we recognize how absurd everything is, then we stop thinking that stability is something that comes from normal or like regular because like normal and regular are such strange concepts like we like what the fuck like what do they mean <laughs> what do they even mean i don't know what they mean yeah and so i feel like cultivating because everything everything is a holographic reflection of like whatever you're experiencing internally so where are you safe right now where are you stable and like lean into like where you feel stable maybe if it's not financially what's another place that you feel stable in your reality? Like mm -hmm. leaning into that like sensation of stability so that reality can reflect to you more stability. And then like 
Yeah, I think cultivating inner safety is a big way to obtain financial stability because if you're feeling unstable, reality won't be stable. Yeah. It's it's a holographic reflection of you. Of you, yeah. Also, not buying into the idea that to be stable, you have to work hard. That's a lie because (laughs) I've been adamant about refusing to do things the hard way. And like, I refuse to like, if I'm stressed out, I'm going to lay down. Like, I'm not going to like fix anything or effort or like, if I'm stressed, if I'm stressed, that means I need to sit down and I'm not doing Mm -hmm. it. And so like my financial stability has been a result of my refusal to do anything that is overly laborious or stressful. And so it's possible. And so don't buy into other people's stories that like life is stressful when it comes to like being stable. Those are stories that they believe so their life reflects that. And that's all. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I just have a quick question for you. Yeah. And it's about human design. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't I don't totally understand what that's about, but I know I'm a uh, uh, mm, oh, I don't remember because I did it I took the I did like the chart or whatever mm-hmm. um, this morning and I'm uh I'll just tell you I'm a manifesting generator and I have no idea what that means. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about it. So, okay. If you're a manifest, so, okay. First of all, human design mixes five different modalities together. It mixes Western astrology. It mixes the Judeas. What is the? Judeas. Jewish, the Jewish Kabbalah. Uh Then the Hindu chakra system, quantum physics, and then the I Ching. And so it takes wow. all of these modalities and brings it into this one thing. Cool. But basically what it does is it uses your birthday to track how energy moves in your body. And every type has different definitions or kind of like lit up centers in their body. So for you, because you're a manifesting generator, what that means is that the first thing is that you have a defined sacral. So like your sacral chakra is always emitting energy. That's probably why you can't handle being bored. I'm also a manifesting mm-hmm. generator. And like, we just like, we burn energy we have to like get it out of our body but also that that like sacral energy what sacral beings do is they're kind of like iphone cables we don't make the electricity but we pass electricity through our body to other beings Mm -hmm. palatable we can hold a lot of electricity in our body and like energy in our body to do things and we are designed to allow things to come to us and then respond because like things coming to us is basically like us receiving electricity. Then we hold the electricity, then we give it out to other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what generators do if you have an activated sacral. But a manifesting generator has something that's called a motorized throat, meaning that the energy can be expressed at will. And so that basically means for manifesting generators that we have this like compulsion to like burn energy out of our body, which usually is a very kind of untrackable, kind of like spastic way of existing because like sudden like we'll be into this thing and we'll respond and then we'll see something else that's completely like has nothing to do with the other thing that we were doing and we're like now that thing I want to respond to that thing yeah now that thing I want to respond to that thing and we have this kind of like quantum everywhere type of energy that like needs to be burned but yes you're here to respond to life and be magnetic and pivot and multitask as a manifesting generator but it's the system's like complex but simple and there's a lot of layers to it and also I take everything with a grain of salt like with astrology with human design I see it as like we created these systems to support ourselves in the video game like we were like yeah I'm kind of confused can I have a manual 
And then we were like, astrology could be a manual or human design could be a manual. And it's like, thanks. I have a manual. Yeah. And that's kind of how I treat human design. Okay. Okay. I like what you're saying. I'll look into it. (laughs) But thanks so much for being on. And if we want to follow you and support you and take in your energy and view the beautiful way that you exist, how can we do that? Um, You can follow me on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) My handle is Alejandra Smith, S-M-I-T-S. And I, a month ago, I launched a newsletter called Unsolicited Existence, and it comes out every Wednesday. So you can also follow me. Oh, it's, it's on Substack. So you can subscribe and yeah. I'm and guys do it. It's really cool. You thank just you. suddenly get this, <laughs> this existence. I don't know how else to describe it other than like, whoa, we are alive in this game. <laughs> It's a reminder of aliveness, which I appreciate. Thank you so much. Of course. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thanks so much for hopping and chatting with me. This is really exciting. Thank you. It was really nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye.